Welcome to the Nightmares... What is this? I don't know. It's not really a podcast. It's kind of a flashback, so, uh, so, some would say. So who did we decide was introing, Zach? Me! <laughs> I'm taking us. a musical, This is the, the Nightmares way. Podcast <laughs> Flashback Weekend Special. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold up. You bought a shirt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look at that, look at that, folks. Look at that right there. That's pretty good Wait stuff. Wait a minute. I didn't see you buy a shirt. Why didn't you tell us? They, they ask you if you wanted to buy a shirt when you buy the admission ticket. Yeah. Uh, I guess we. Yeah, we didn't get that offer. I was. I don't we know. Should have. I wasn't listening. We didn't. The. Um, I didn't even know you got a shirt. Otherwise, I probably would have bought one. Yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty good. It's, Thank good, you. it's good stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, so uh, really so Brandon, we did some stuff this weekend. We did. We did. Uh, first uh, horror news. Uh, yeah, let's go over that. All right, because I've got a big one. Um, so I'm before I came to Chicago, I'm actually from a little small town in New York called Westfield, and it was wait just, wait 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 There's other places in New York shut other up. than the city. <laughs> yes. <Shut up>. Um, <laughs> we made Brendan angry. Apparently, anyway, that's a common theme for him. Anyway, West, Westfield is about as far away from New York City as you can get, but still be in New York State. Um, it's actually closer to Chicago yeah. than it is New York City, yeah. which is mind-blowing because it's in the same state. It is an eight-hour drive from Westfield to Chicago, and it's like an eight-and-a-half, nine-hour drive from Westfield to New York City. That's wow. bizarre. Yeah. That's so damn funny to me. <laughs> Math. Right. But anyway, what is significant about Westfield today in horror news, it was just announced today that they're actually going to film scenes for A Quiet Place 2 at Barcelona Harbor in Westfield, which it's actually like right next to the restaurant where I had my first job. Nice. Yeah. In fact, I actually filmed there once for a student project. Nice. Very cool. So John Krasinski, I saw the location first. Yeah, yeah, but he has more money. Yeah, yeah, it's and fame. Yeah, and possibly coke. And and he also has Emily Blunt. So there's that. Oh yeah, there is that. So, um, uh, the I you know what the other the only other thing we got in horror movie news is um, uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg are have a new horror comedy show coming out uh, called Truth Seekers. It is all about paranormal activities. There is no trailer out. It was just an announcement. Uh, it looks fun. I love their stuff. Um, uh, it should be a fun time. Obviously, we'll talk about it when it actually comes out. Um, but Even that, if it's half as good as their worst thing, it's still going to be pretty darn good. Pretty Didn't much. they do something with magicians that you refuse to watch? Did they? Yeah, we saw a trailer for it like I don't know two months ago, maybe more than that. No, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, that looked terrible. Yeah. I don't think they wrote that though. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, that's all I got in horror movies. Yeah. Zekimus. There was something that came up. I don't fucking know. Yeah, obviously it wasn't that important. So flashback weekend, we were able to go to the last day of flashback weekend, which is Chicago's big horror convention. Yes, yes, yes. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Indeed, um, it was. Uh, really, my one big regret is we just didn't have enough time and money to go all no. three days, get more autographs, see more people. Um, but alas, with our filming schedules this year and everything. But we, I think we made the, we, we definitely made the most of the little time we could we, spare. We knew we absolutely had to go at least one day, and it was absolutely. definitely worth it. Next year, we'll probably go all three days. We're going to yeah. make it a mission to make sure that happens. There is a convention coming up, what, November 22nd? November 22nd, it's in the yeah. Schaumburg area, um, which is a suburb of Chicago. Uh, we're definitely going to be there, and most likely, cross fingers crossed, we will actually have a table there. Hopefully. Maybe. Hopefully. So, um, so we'll actually be uh, representing... Um, our lovely channel, uh, and then obviously uh, we do got a couple other um, exciting things happening in the next two weeks for our channel. Um, oh yeah, I know I've been hinting in the Instagram videos about that name change. Um, it's actually going to happen in the next two weeks. So that's it. That's all for I have for news for now. One way or um, another. 
Provided, provided, provided nothing happens. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk about our experiences. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. When we first got to the hotel that was being held at, I don't think any of us knew what was going on. Yeah, no. so for anybody who's local to Chicago, it was held across the street from the Rosemont Center. So that was unusual. It was, uh, what was the hotel called? The Crown Plaza. Yeah, Crown yeah, Plaza. Usually Rosemont. conventions are mm-hmm. held in that um, convention center. But this year there was a sports convention, which I only saw a handful of people come out. A Halo convention, which I went to and was interesting. Very jealous. Yeah. And, um, yeah, then, of course, the horror convention got the shit under the stick and was in just the hotel, which was a small area. But um, the one plus to that was it was a lot easier to get around and just kind of see everybody, all the vendors there, and just network a little bit. So it, it has its ups, but, you know, the downside is it's significantly smaller than most of the other conventions that happened yeah. here. So um, We actually made some really great connections. Uh, we're very excited about it. That You should see those uh, coming up in some future podcasts um uh, we met a lot of really cool people uh, one of the biggest details are still being worked out they are still being worked Indeed out but a big are. shout out that we do want to give over here right our, our first connection that we made zach i think this is an appropriate one for you to talk about yeah oh, absolutely. so anybody who likes um horror video games or asymmetrical horror multiplayer games i should say like dead by daylight or friday the 13th um, we met these guys there who were trying to develop one of their own. Um, it's October Games. Yeah, October. The their company is called October Games, and um, I believe the name is called Legends. Horror Legends. Yeah, Horror, Horror Legends. Legends, and um, it's an early access on Steam. Yeah, I know. Trust me, I know. Um, they seem very passionate about their project. Um, the idea they have for it is really good. Um, you know, you play as a killer. Of course, and you got to hunt down the four survivors and whatnot. Here, you mind taking this? Yeah. But um, one of the twists to this is um, you can actually kill the killer in this one. Um, each killer has their own method. You go about actually killing the killer. So um, uh, it's it's a lot easier to do than in Friday the Thirteenth. You know, you got to go through hell and back to do it in Friday the Thirteenth. And this one is a little bit easier. It's still not recommended. Like it's still going to be a pain in the ass, and you really got to coordinate. But it is a much bigger possibility this time around. Otherwise, you know, you got your basic means of escape and survival, but at the very least, you can fight back against the killer, which is a nice uh, take on things this time around. Um, Or they have this mechanic where if you die, you get introduced back into the game as a little minion, and you actually still get to play. Because, you know, standing around as a spectator for a half-hour game when you get killed in the first five minutes of the game is, you know, that's fun. So that's something I really like. Um... And, you know, they got a nice, unique style and theme going for their game. It has that very classic horror look to it, so that's that's cool. And um, I, I really hope the game does well and picks up, so we're going to be talking with them and hopefully have them as a guest later on in the podcast. And, yeah. 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 It was actually really impressive to um, to talk with them and everything else. They're, they're almost very much in the same boat that we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which is very refreshing to actually have a conversation. Like, I mean, it, it, the the guy that was there, the two gentlemen, the one guy was, was like, hey, I'm just going to cut the bullshit. Like, like this is a passion project. Like, we don't, like, there's not a lot of money backing this up. You know, we really, this is just all about us and, and really being passionate about getting this off the which, ground. the amount of horror tropes that they were talking about putting into the oh, game. Oh, yeah. And even ones that they haven't put into the game yet but are planning to. They seem to they really know the horror genre. Yeah. like well. one yeah. thing that really did impress me, like right off the uh, like big thing, um, level design. One of my biggest problems with both Friday the Thirteenth and Dead by Daylight, those are really the only two horror games out there that are like at all popular, have a fan base to them. Um, each game's map designs are very similar. Um, Friday the Thirteenth, you only have forest maps. You have Camp Crystal Lake, Packnack, Higgins Haven, uh, and then the Jarvis House. They're all forest-like maps, which they do have their differences, and they're all great maps, but essentially they're all kind of the same thing. But even in the lore of that, they all take place pretty much in the exact same area. Pretty much within like the span of a mile, so on and so forth. And Dead by Daylight, everything just looks like a trash. Just just throw shit everywhere, just random piles of crap, and... Like, the map designs for Dead by Daylight, I think... I, I hate them. Like, there's only two maps that kind of differentiate themselves, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. This one, there's a farmhouse. It's designed like an actual farmhouse. There's my favorite map, which is the Dream World, and it takes heavy inspiration from Nightmare on Elm Street uh, Part 4. Like, the first thing you see is, like, 
you're you take this cobblestone this floating cobblestone path into this like stone skull and which, as which, soon as you enter you get the hole of mirrors and everything like that and then once you progress down that there's like this labyrinth like maze of like stairs going up into weird places and crevices and stuff like that a lot of good hiding spots a lot of good uh, scare spots Map design, they've definitely got an A-plus on that so far. Reminded me of the um, uh, the, the Beetlejuice animated series. Um, but I the saw opening. That I can see I, that, I, too. The opening, and I, read, I saw it right off the bat, and he's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't really think about that. But I think he turned to his his girlfriend. He's like, we've been watching that a lot lately. So I guess that's what it is. The cool part about it, too, and the thing that Zach forgot to mention, is that all of the these legends, you have different legends that are mocked off you know their versions of different horror icons and all of the levels you know each one has their own level and it's based on the actual character so it does give it some actual variety and considering this is just a passion a passion project of theirs when they have three people or four people involved it's really good it's yeah. really like it's actually yeah it's that's very good that quality. is something to take into consideration very when looking quality. at this game it's three people involved and um i believe development really got like took uh, this guy's been working on this game since 2015 but development yeah, their poster here says uh 2015 yeah um doing four my years, research i found I, out i hope will be around in four years yeah no shit hey if he's still going then we still have a chance yeah. um but yeah he's been going since 2015 i think that's where like you know, he started like publicizing the game and stuff like that. I believe it re was released on Steam Early Access more recently, like a few months ago or something like that. And I believe that's where development really started going forth. Like on their YouTube channel, they have, I believe, at least one upload a month so far. So that's always a plus. You know, you see them giving out updates, which is good. And that's always nice to see when it comes to Steam Early Access because more often than not, you have people who are just like, we're going to release a quick cash grab. I, I don't see that here. Like when I got the game... Um, it was a $25 uh, bundle, I got a poster, I got the um, a shirt, which was nice. And then you should have wore that today. Well, I want to wear that when we actually do the um, Fair enough. Yeah, the uh, podcast. Hey, 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 Zach, and I just thought about something. When's the last time that you actually got all that shit for $25 in a, in a game package? <laughs> uh, it's been a while, yeah. <laughs> the um, late 90s, that's, that, that's the last time you got all that shit. You said they have shit. a YouTube channel? Yeah. I'll put a link in the description. Oh yeah, you know you you did that to yourself. Yeah, like, it wasn't no, no, Zach and I didn't do it to myself. It's I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, um, he'll put a link in the description. You can check out some of the games. We'll also They're put a fantastic. link to the Steam page for you, so you can actually get a direct link to the Steam, uh, the store page itself. It is on Steam, not Epic, you know, because we have standards. Um, yeah, and uh, let's see. Yeah, um, they, check the game out. The game yeah. definitely needs more players. Uh, that would be my biggest critique of it right now. I mean, like I said, the game is in early access. It's got three people working on it, so of course there's going to be a lot of bugs and glitches and shit like that. But the few games I played with it, I had a good time. So I don't really, really see a lot of bugs and glitches while you're playing. There's there's bugs and glitches. Was there's, there? Okay. Yeah, like um, there's things that they mm -hmm. clearly need to touch up and stuff like that. But again, three people working on a game. That's... That's yeah, yeah, and especially them. <coughs> there's there's like entire that. studios that, that that have made games, and they've completely fucked them over. EA. Oh shit. Oh, what? A, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little sick. Um. um uh, yeah. The the EA cold, and then even the Bethesda cold. I think hasn't... all three of us got that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the uh, EA Bethesda, cold. they're digging themselves into a fucking grave. Don't fuck up Doom. That's all I ask. At this point, I don't give don't. a shit about any of your other products. Just don't on. fuck up Doom. Um, don't 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 piss them off. <laughs> Um, uh, you, gotta, you gotta catch that, uh, yeah. that Bethesda. I'm just cold. getting over from being sick. He is getting over from being sick. He might be getting sick. Might? He is he sick. He is sick. Popping cough drops like it's nothing right now. Yeah. I mean, well, he's always been mentally ill, but, you know, there's a different story. With yeah, mentally ill reason... and physically ill are two different things. Thank you. Yeah, there's a reason we're recording this on Thursday and not the Sunday after we got back from the convention. Yeah, because all of us were dead to the world. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, uh, any final thoughts um, on the on, on this, the video game legends? Yeah, the game is so far so good. Um, I've seen them communicating pretty frequently in their Discord channel, so they do have that if you want to check it out. Let's see. Do they have a Discord channel on here? No, I believe... I believe it's um, October Games, uh, if I remember correctly. 
Um, we will definitely be going more in detail about this game later on on one of our future podcasts within the next two months, give or take. So yeah, yeah. We're yeah. working out details. Yeah, yep, we're working out details, details with right them now. right now. So, yeah, look forward to that. And in the meantime, just check out the game and, you know, let them know what you think. Let us know what you think. If anybody wants to play, I'd love to. Horror survival games are definitely my favorite type of multiplayer game, so... Yeah, yeah. It looks really fun. I can't wait to play it myself. Yeah, because yeah. I'm going to force them to play it. Yeah. <laughs> the um, And the last thing I'll say, this is a one more reason to support your local artists and your uh, independent um, entertainment companies. I mean, th- these guys are incredibly talented, um, and they deserve the exposure that, that, that they need to get this off the ground and to work out those small, minor bugs and to, you know, really publicize a really... Um, really fun game, actually. You know, I got to witness Zach playing it. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, please check it out. Obviously, Brandon will have links below. So yeah, the game has a lot of cool features that I think should be implemented into most of these horror games. But eh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. The uh, Brandon, um, do you want to talk about the, uh, the prop master? Yeah. Um, so we also spoke with the owner of the horror and sci-fi prop preservation association yeah um, do, do you want me to go grab his business card so you can say it properly i'm pretty sure i got it right no yeah. that's pretty sure that's that's pretty sure we'll put the uh, description below we let, let me grab the business card and make sure i got it right there yep. you go uh yeah so it is a non-profit <clears throat> uh, is a nonprofit museum in Bolingbrook, and he's basically been collecting different horror and sci-fi props for years. And he goes to different conventions and displays some of them. Uh, this year at Flashback Weekend, he had one of the zombie dogs from one of the later Resident Evil movies. I believe it was. Uh, I think it was Afterlife. Yeah. Um, the one with the splitting head. Yes. Yep. Uh, that was pretty cool. He had the machete from Zack's personal favorite of the Friday Thirteenth movies. Yeah, Part Seven. Yep. Yeah, I, I, the on-screen used, by the way. I'm just like, I want it. He I had it. Uh, the Lamentation Cube from Hellraiser Eight, Hellworld. Yeah, the. Um, That's the one with uh, Lance Henriksen, right? Lance Henriksen and um, who the hell plays Superman? Which Superman? Uh, modern or recent movies. Henry Calville. Henry Calville. Yeah, Henry Calville's in that movie. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, really? I, I remember I was rewatching it uh, recently, and I'm just like, holy shit! That's awesome. He also had some of the uh, the hair from Barf from uh, yep. Spaceballs. He had some Harry Potter stuff. He also had the uh, the pistol from Robocop two. two. Not one, two. Yeah. He had uh, one of the Spider Man costumes. Yeah. He had a few costumes too. Uh, he had uh, the Bill and Ted costumes. Um, Ash from Evil Dead. Yep. Yeah, even the uh, shop smart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he had a lot of those, and uh, I forgot. Did he have pyramid head there? Yes. 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 He did. He did. Yeah. Yes. He did. Yes. He did. Yeah. Like that was fucking awesome. Yeah. This uh, is so cool too because it's like it, there, there's just there was so much that it's it was almost overwhelming. And he in the, the greatest it, way possible. We didn't even see even a fraction of what he actually had. Well, this dude essentially has his own little museum, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And it's just like full what of, we saw was only the tip of the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he had uh, like three or four books showcasing the different collection, um, which the one that we saw that sparked our conversation with oh, him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we save that as a surprise? No, no, because no, okay. we, we have to talk about this movie okay. at least for a podcast. <laughs> fair oh, enough, oh, fair nice. enough. Hey, folks, you got two guesses on which movie we're going to talk about. Is it going to be... Society or, or I'm Stephen King and I'm gonna make a movie. Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> I'm a cocaine. <laughs> Hi, I'm Stephen King. I'm Stephen King. And I'm gonna one. direct my first uh, movie. Yeah, we saw a picture of him with the uh, the butt head from Society. And uh, literally, we just flip open the book, and it's the first thing we see. It's like, are you kidding? And me? they and they both look at me at the same time, and they're like. <laughs> And Mark knew. It's literally fate! Oh, oh. <laughs> and he heard us talking about it, and that's how we started talking to him. And Then know. he literally pulled his head out of his own ass! <laughs> I'm sorry, I have a little, a little bit of... In the movie. Oh. 
Oh my god. Oh god. I can't wait till what is it, the twenty fifth we're gonna go see that I, in theaters. It's like a it's like a tick now. Like I have little like flashbacks of He gets to see the full experience, yeah. possibly with the little Grillo. Oh god. Oh it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I hope Wes's comes. I really do. <laughs> now, now that is a man who's surely passionate about what he's doing. Oh, oh absolutely. Um, really laid back, really knowledgeable. He was talking about how he had uh, the Michael Myers mask from Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> and I got really happy because at first I thought that was the one that he was wearing when he got beat up by Buster Rhymes. But no, it was just one of the backup masks, so it never actually yeah. made it. To the way he quoted it is, um, I have the Halloween mask from the best Halloween movie. Yeah. Halloween Resurrection. Yeah. yeah true, true, and true, then he movie. follows up with that question. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> But yeah, as you describe it, it, it is the mask, but it isn't the mask. It's like ah. it was going to be the mask, but it, it didn't end up being the mask. Wonder if he has Jim Carrey's mask. That'd be interesting. That'd, That'd be, be awesome. Interesting. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, he extremely, extremely passionate about what he does. Um, it has an awesome collection, and you know he's right here in the Midwest. Like and and he's also completely nonprofit. Um, he you know he has his old taxes and he went to his taxes things, which was which was kind of fun. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm a full blown nonprofit. The only thing I don't have is this tax form because I don't really care to do it. Um, uh, and, and you know it, it was it was fun it was fun bullshitting with him. Yeah. Um, just about films and about horror films and everything else. Uh, the most interesting part to me was he started talking about the difference between uh, conservation and yes. restoration. Yeah, he really he really broke it down because um, I, I asked, you know, I said, you know, yeah. you're talking about preservation. He's like, no, well, well, hold on though. Like, we also do preservation and conservation. And he opened up his book and he actually said, well, this prop was, you know, stored in a garage for like 30 years and we actually put it back together. That's actually um, uh, restoration. And he's talking about restoration can actually change what the prop correct. originally was. And then he had a another costume from a uh, from Robin's, a Robin Williams movie, uh, uh, What Dreams May Come. Oh yeah. Um, and then he actually uh, said we actually have a um, mannequin in the entire form of Robin Williams, so the costume will actually retain its its original shape because it was designed specifically for Robin Williams, and that's preservation where we. Pre- we preserve exactly what it's supposed to be, and, and he—I mean—he really, really broke it down, which I, I appreciated. Um, and then that just goes to show his passion for this particular material and this particular subject matter, which was a lot of fun. It's always great to meet people that are passionate about what they do. Oh yeah, and yeah, I'll be sure to put a link in our description for his. Uh, he has an Instagram, a Facebook, and a website. So you'll be getting probably all three of those. Oh and, yes, and and, hope, and maybe uh, uh, another another thing very very soon. Yeah, um, definitely check him out. Awesome guy, yeah. and has a very awesome collection. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the machete from Part Seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zach was very excited for that. Um, uh, and then uh, Brendan, any any last thoughts on that? I we're working out some details with him. I. Can't wait till we can have him as a guest. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. So, um, and then I actually ran into uh, an old friend. Um, uh, uh, oh, there. Uh, he actually had a booth open, uh, Mr. Tony Wash, um, over at uh, Scotchworthy Productions. Um, uh, if his movies, actually, the story he told me was he always drank scotch when he watched horror movies. And uh, he would only bring out good scotch while watching good horror movies or good movies in general. So that's how he came up with the name for uh, Scotchworthy. Um, I've known him for about 10 years. I was in one of his films back in 2010. Um, so almost 10 years coming that's up. That's before I, I even came to Chicago. Yeah. Um, that's uh, before I even graduated from high school. Um, I was in college at the time. Um, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun being on the set. Um, it was really fun to catch up with him. He's, he's got a lot of different projects going on. Um, Brandon and Zach both got to meet him as well. Um, uh, Seems like a pretty good guy. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, another person that's incredibly passionate about what they do. Um, he's been doing it for a very, very long time. He's been, uh, uh, been very, very um, lucky to be involved in a lot of interesting projects. Um, it was great to see him again. And I'm hoping we see him very soon. I know he uh, he's very interested in uh, jumping on a future podcast. We've got to get all those details uh, worked out. 
Um, but um, it was really fun to see him and some of the work that he's uh, been doing over the last nine years is, of course, been impressive. I joke with him all the time because like we uh, we on, uh, almost only see each other at these conventions. So, but we both decided that that needs to stop, um, especially considering now that I've I've met these gentlemen and uh, become more involved with that genre. That that needs that just needs, needs to stop, and then we will see each other more on a regular basis. Yes. Hopefully, this podcast will um, having him uh, come on the podcast will be a huge help. Um, uh, of us, uh, you know, uh, communicating a little bit better um, than we have in the last better half of a decade. Um, uh, but yeah, it was fun to see him. It was, it was fun to see him. That was another a really cool highlight. Um, uh, and he reminded me that we really need to have a booth next year because um, it would be really, really. Oh, we're definitely planning ahead for that because, oh, like, absolutely. I think it was like a week or two after we found remembered that the convention was happening. We literally like, all right, let's go get a booth. A week later. All booth uh, submissions have been taken. You can no longer get a booth this year. Damn it! Yeah, yeah, that, 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 you know, it, it, you know, a, a major, a, a major horror event convention and everything else being sold out of booths a week before. Who knew? Who knew? The uh, plan ahead. Well, that's also what happens when you know you've been around for less than a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Very, we're very we're true. approaching that yeah. date. God, it's crazy. We are approaching a year. Yeah. It, October's gonna be a big month, folks. Okay. For many reasons. Oh, we many reasons. Uh, for obvious reasons, busy. and then, and then obviously that is um, pretty much our one-year anniversary because yeah. we came up with the idea on at the weekend before Halloween. It would have been the Saturday right before Halloween. Right before yeah. Halloween, and then that conversation continued with Zach and I talking about it in my house on Halloween. On Halloween, exactly. Yeah, Brandon, a lot of you fun. Had a job or something. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, something going on. Yeah. I know. I sh- sure as hell to know that you want to talk about some fun stuff that you got to do as well. I did do some fun stuff. You did do some fun stuff. I got I'm, a few mm. pictures. I got a few autographs. I got a few little knickknacks here. So I'll start with the first one and the biggest one. Uh, I got to meet writer director Fred Decker, who of course uh, co-wrote The Predator. He wrote and directed RoboCop Three, <laughs> and and of yeah. course he also did. What I think is one of the single greatest movies ever made, Night of the Creeps. Um, Better. Yeah. And so, yeah, he autographed right here in the center of the slipcase of my collector's edition Blu-ray. Right there. There's actually a picture of me on our Instagram with him as well. So he autographed my copy of Night of the Creeps. And just so you know, folks, how important Night of the Creeps actually is to him. Anytime Brandon uh, finds out that somebody hasn't seen Night of the Creeps... Um, his famous quote is, I know what we're doing for the next 90 minutes. Yep. And I told Fred Decker that, too. And I and you two were sitting right behind me, and I said, these two guys are victims of that. <laughs> and then, is that going to have both one of those? It's true, though. Yeah. And I got, to tell, I got to tell a little bit of why I thought Night of the Creeps was one of the yeah. best movies ever made. The, the characters are so likable. E- even the jerks are just kind of oddly likable in some way. Yeah. And it's... It's just one of those things that just makes the movie infinitely rewatchable. It's a movie that is very fun to watch. Yeah. You know what? The, what, a, what a great way to describe it. It's a, it. It has a lot of really good rewatchability, and it is a very fun movie yeah. to be involved There are a lot of layers to the characters, especially Detective Cameron, played by Tom Atkins, who we'll be talking really? about very momentarily. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's such a joy to watch. There's not a single moment where uh, every moment's perfect in its own way, and uh, I just can't think of a movie that ju- that's ninety minutes is like gone. It, it doesn't even feel like ninety minutes. Um, it's a truly great movie. Uh, Scream Factory really recently released a collector's edition Blu-ray that has both cuts of the movie. Watch the director's cut and. <laughs> And watch the special features, too, because they go into a lot of details. Um, the original Blu-ray also has a lot of uh, good special features. All of those are carried over onto the Screen Factory release. Um, and there's a lot of information that they go into. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's amazing. Um, written, Fred Decker, Night of the Creeps, written and directed by a man who clearly loves the horror genre every aspect of it absolutely from the serious parts the goofier parts it's if, if you like horror i don't know how you can't like night of the creeps and it, it, you know what and i remember what really is a 
fair assessment right there. It like, really is because because you know it, there's a lot of different elements of horror mm-hmm. in it. Um, and I just don't it, see a reason to not like the movie. Like it yeah. may not be your cup of tea, but to hate it, it's like, but why? Yeah, like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's no so much to in hate there. that movie. Like there are so many types of horror layered so in there. So unhateable. That in the hands of a lesser writer director, this movie would have been a complete mess. Like when you really look at how many different elements are in play here, if it was made by somebody that didn't know what they were doing, it really would be a complete mess. So many tones, so many subgenres. It's great. And then he followed it up with Monster Squad, which was also really good. And so you got all the classic monsters in one movie, one of the best portrayals of Dracula ever, one of the greatest werewolf designs ever, with one of the best quotes about a werewolf. Wolfman's got nards. For those of you who don't know, he has a very unhealthy Fred Decker obsession. I'm very glad he didn't propose to him, <coughs> because that would have been awkward to try to explain. Sorry, sorry, he he loves you, but you know, we have to put him on his leash. Come, come on, Brendan, come here, boy. <laughs> Truthfully, though, Night of the Creeps is one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's a phenomenal movie. And, and Monster Squad was also great, and it's a shame that he hasn't been able to direct more after RoboCop 3. I, I really hope he returns to directing. So I, re- I really do. What, what a note to end on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's... We're not going to blame him for that. <laughs> no. Yeah, N- Night of the Creeps, Monster Squad, an episode of Tales from the Crypt, and Robocop 3. And that's it as a director. Uh, maybe maybe also, he just likes writing. Maybe he just prefers it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's, uh, he also had involvement on one of the Star Trek shows. I think it was Enterprise. Okay. Um... The first movie he wrote was House, directed by Steve Miner. Mm. I believe he also wrote the Denzel Washington movie Ricochet. Really? Yep. Which um, one was that one? I, I barely remember it. Yeah, it, I, I, I don't remember, remember that one. Yeah, I think he only has a story by credit, so I don't think it was... Gotcha. I don't think his draft was the one that went on to be filmed. Um, I th- Of all the movies that have his name on it... I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say that's the one that he had the least involvement with. Um, he also wrote a couple years ago a pilot for Amazon, co-wrote it with Shane Black, called Edge. That sounds familiar. Which, unfortunately, that, that one pretty much just came and went. Like As soon as I heard about it, they already took it off, so I, unfortunately I didn't get to watch it. Um, and then, of course, he recently co-wrote The Predator with Shane Black, and he's... Of course, come out about some issues he's had with the final cut, but yeah, I and mean, it's if the predator did one thing right, it's we've got Fred Decker working again, and I hope he does more. In I, I hope he does more soon, and I hope he returns to directing. Um, and yeah, he seems like a very nice person. Took a picture with me, which that's up on our Living Nightmares official Instagram. And yeah, it's that was great experience. Want to trade? Want to trade anything for it? I believe it. Yeah. Um, and then Mark took the picture of me with him, and in the background of that picture, you can also see Sean Clark of Horrors Hallowed Grounds, um, which Horrors Hallowed Grounds is a little bit of a series. It's like a micro series. It's basically Sean Clark is this person that goes around to different locations and he revisits the locations of these classic horror movies. I think we saw an episode of him recently, uh, one of the Friday the 13th episodes, if I remember correctly. I think so. Yeah, I believe. Yes. Um, he does a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of his episodes are on Screen Factory, Collectors, Collectors Editions. Um, he's been doing this for a while. Like the, One of his earlier episodes is on the Text Chainsaw Massacre Blu-ray. <coughs> no dying. Gotta wet my throat here. Can't die. It's not. It's against the rules. It is against the rules to die here. Yes. Um, no, we encourage dying here. I mean, dying on film is okay, but like not dying. Like, yeah. Real, real. Um, he did do one with Night of the Creeps very recently. Um, yeah, it's yeah very passionate about what he does. Um, he also frequents frequents a lot of these conventions. Always has free stickers for his fans. Um, 
at this convention, he also had a limited edition pin nice. that he was selling for ten dollars. And yeah, I think the sign said only two hundred made, so I made sure that I grabbed that because whenever I buy a Blu-ray that has one of his episodes on it, I check it out immediately. Um, yeah, Horrors Hallowed Grounds is a little fun little series. Um, it's interesting to see locations then compared to now. Some of them are like barely touched. Some of them look nothing like they used to. Some of them are literally just a crater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I told him a little story about when I had my own little Horrors Hallowed Grounds moment when I was filming a, my Watergate documentary in Washington, D.C., uh, when uh, Matt and Freddie and I got to the hotel a little bit early, so our rooms weren't ready. So we just went walking, we crossed a bridge, we went up this hill, and then we just kind of circled around, and we saw this staircase, and Matt and Freddie just walked down the staircase like it was nothing. But as I was walking down it, I was kind of looking back up, looking at the surroundings, and when I reached the bottom and meet them at the bottom of the staircase, it's the stone staircase, and I tell them, I think this is the staircase from The Exorcist. And they're like, no way. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it is. So then, of course, I went into Google, and sure enough, it was the stairs from The Exorcist. Very nice. Yeah, it's a very nice-looking location. Um, Yeah, I got a few pictures of it. I got a picture of it during the day, and I got a picture of it at night as well. Oh, of course. Um, Those are on my personal Facebook which I, we may do an Instagram post with those pretty soon. Yeah, I would yeah. love to take a trip. Why not? Um, now, who wants to get pushed? No, you, yeah. you would not survive that. I know. And moving on. We know necromancy, I think. <coughs> <laughs> did, did you do the ritual exactly right? Well, maybe not 100% right. exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, fuck, Mark, roll the 20. <laughs> Oh, God, I love Army of Darkness. Anyway. So then finally, I got to meet and get an autograph from the great Tom Atkins, which the side of the Creeps poster up here has autographs from Fred Decker and the majority of the main cast. The only one it didn't have was Tom Atkins. So, of course, I forgot to bring the poster with me to yeah. complete the collection. And, and I reminded him while we were in the convention. And he and he was like, yeah, that would have been a or great idea. Or I could have brought the Tom Atkins as Detective Cameron, Night of the Creeps action figure. Yeah, that would have worked. But Hopefully Tom Atkins returns next year so Brandon can complete his collection and not forget this. But I am more than happy with him also signing the slip cover for my Blu-ray. He even wrote Thrill Me right there above his signature. That's pretty awesome. I wish I would have had a copy of Drive Angry on me. Would have loved to have had him sign that. Very nice person. Um, yeah, I told him. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, I told him, like, I've loved every performance I've seen him do. It's uh, that creep show, Halloween 3. Um, I think his performance in Halloween 3 is one of the most underrated performances in not just 1980s horror movies, but horror movies and movies in general. Um, I wouldn't say it's an underrated performance. It's a great performance, just not a good movie. I, I still think it's a good movie. Yeah, I, I beg to differ, but eh, at least hey, at least he's entertaining in it. Um, of course, he's the father at the beginning and the end of Creepshow. He was a lethal weapon, Escape from New York, The Fog... Um, which, uh, there's a, there's a drinking game you should play with the fog where it's, you take a drink every time Tom Atkins sleeps with a woman within 10 seconds of meeting her. You be drunk. (laughs) Very quick. Um, Tom Atkins. Of course he was in Drive Angry. Uh, I think it was the last movie he was in. It's the mustache. I know it is. It's the mustache. As we all look back at Tom Atkins. <laughs> it's, it's the mustache. Which he did not have the mustache in Creepshow. That is interesting. Yeah. That is... Did he have it in the fog, though? Of course. I'm trying to remember. It's been, it's been a did. really long yeah. time since I've seen the fog. It, it, I'm going to take a while. Is a music box doing a showing of that sometime soon? Didn't you say? They either are or they just did. Lovely. Mm. Um, I think The Massacre is doing it this year. That's the Davis, right? Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, really nice guy. I'm glad I got his autograph. So between my Blu-ray and my poster, I pretty much have all the major players of Night of the Creeps autographs. And yeah. Um, and then I also got a picture with him, which Sean Clark actually took the picture of me and Tom Atkins. <laughs> I was hey, wondering, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, can you take this picture? I was over here wondering, I'm like, wait a minute, you did it? Who the hell took your picture? We were over there talking to what's his name? Yeah, so both of my pictures have a Sean Clark connection. He's in the background of my Fred Decker picture, and he's behind the camera of my Tom Atkins You really picture. should have got a picture with Sean nothing, Clark. Nothing is more humbling than being a person who's there to sign autographs. And somebody says, hey, hey buddy, can you, can you take this picture for me? No, no, actually, he was the one that offered to take it. Oh, did he? Picture. Okay, well, then, then it's a nice guy. Then. Yeah. The, uh, I would have yeah. been like, can I get a selfie with you? Yeah! <laughs> yeah! All right, anyway. Um, yeah, no, no, it was, it was a, fan, a fantastic weekend. Anything else that you want? Uh, they had a lot of other cast members from Night of the Creeps there, which unfortunately I didn't really have the money to spend on further autographs. Um, but I've heard that they're all very nice people. This is actually the biggest Night of the Creeps reunion. Really? Yep. According oh. to the Flashback Weekend website, this was the biggest reunion of Night of the Creeps cast and crew ever. Nice. Um, which actually it's interesting because... He wasn't at the convention, but there was an interview with the editor on this version of the Blu-ray, um, and he actually went on to be an editor for a lot of the Netflix Marvel shows, like nice. Daredevil, Luke cool. Cage. Um, and he talks about that this movie was actually really his first venture into action and horror, and that looking back, uh, while he was editing it, editing the movie, he didn't really realize at the time how much of a comedy it was at the time. Mm. So that was a very interesting interview. Um, who else was there? Robert England was there. Robert England. Um, Pretty much all of the uh, Ladies of the Nightmare series. Yep. Uh, like Lisa Zane, Tuesday Night, Heather Langenkamp, uh, Lance Henriksen was there, uh, Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi were And on. Ted Raimi. And Ted, Ted Raimi was there too, but yeah. Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi were on the bottom floor of the hotel, so we didn't get to see them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Tony Todd. Can't forget Tony Todd. Tony Todd. He was even in costume at one point. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Robert Kurtzman was there of KNB Effects. Oh, and uh, and Virginia Mat uh, Matson was also there as well. The um, a lot uh, of people were there. A lot of people were there. There was a lot of a lot of activity going on. Um, apparently they had a whole other like, downstairs area that we had no yeah. idea about. I don't even know how to get that. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was one of those things you needed one of those uh, like special passes, probably one of those tickets to like for the photo ops and stuff. You one know. of those special ones. Overall, it was an extreme. That might have been where they had the photo ops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> honestly, though, like uh, the one thing I was gonna say that was an extremely um, successful and productive show. I mean, we I mean we met the I met the guys um, at the video game company, and I remember you turned to me and you're like, like honestly, if if that's the one thing that we get out of it, it was a hundred percent worth it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we ended up meeting even more people and seeing more things. Uh, so it ended up being a pretty successful thing. I cannot wait till next year when we're right. even more. It's gonna be the last involved. weekend of July next year. Yes. So last if, weekend of July. Last weekend of July. Last weekend okay. of July. So if you're out and about in the uh, the uh, Rosemont area uh, near the airport near O'Hare, um, uh, come out and check us out. I uh, can almost promise you that we will have a booth. Uh, at we're that gonna point. make damn sure of it at this point. Probably yes. some of us will be breaking off at some point to go network with other people. But of course. <clears throat> but of course. I, I can't wait for it. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be. Fantastic. Can we get Kane Hodder there this year, please? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. I know Zach was gonna bring that up at some point. I want to meet Kane Hodder. I know He's so do. awesome. I know you do. I'm trying to think who's on. My Hi, I'm a really big fan of you. <laughs> okay, so um, can you stab me, please? <laughs> so, and this week's podcast, we're just doing flashback weekend special. Yes. We're not covering any production stuff. Um, instead of Mark's question of the podcast. We're going to do a Brandon's question of the podcast. No, no, I don't like this. Zach kind of just answered, just kind of gave his answer, and oh, this okay. is what inspired this. Um, who's on your wish list to meet next? Ooh. Honestly, the biggest two people I would love to meet in person are, of course, um, 
Kane Hodder and Robert England. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the time or money to meet Robert England this year. I hope he's able to get back one yeah. of these years so I, I can actually meet him in person and I have do everything. But two things I want him to sign. Yeah, uh, Robert England and Kane Hodder because those are my two biggest killers that I just love to death. Jason and Freddie just absolutely fucking lovely. The um, uh, I would actually uh, um uh, just to talk to him and everything else would be would be super dope. Would be uh, Roger uh, Roger Jackson. Who is the voice of Ghostface? Would be super cool. To, uh, to, and Mojo Jojo. And which I which I grew up on with Powerpuff Girls because I wow. Dude, I have like three. I have three girl cousins that I that I grew up with. So Powerpuff Girls was always on, and Mojo Jojo is kind of dope. So um, so yeah, I would definitely want to meet him, and that is an interesting fact. And then I would of, of course love to meet Bruce. You know who yeah. who the fuck wouldn't want to meet Bruce Campbell? Yeah, which I've already seen Bruce Campbell live. Oh, so have I. He's phenomenal. Yeah. There's yeah. one day I got to get him to sign my Necronomicon. Him, Sam, and Ted, but just like you want to like just a dude who's just oozing charisma and uh, you know and, and a charming guy. Like he just you know charming pants off anybody. So and I'm sure he has on a couple occasions. The yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, when doubt it. Oh no, yeah. Who'd be on my wish list? Uh, it's a good question. A lot of my wish list people are people behind the camera. I, I'd really like to meet Guillermo del Toro. Okay. Um, I'd really like to meet Dean Cundy. Um, oh, Dean Cundy. Which I am... They're going to teach that in the college. The rise and fall of Dean Cundy. Oh, which, which I'm like... Two, which I, I'm actually like two degrees away from Dean Cundy. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because of the uh, yeah, master class. Like, yeah, I went to the ASC master class and... Um, one of the girls that went to the class too, uh, she actually went the year before as well. And uh, we made a Facebook group of all of us that went to the class. And she posted on what, there one day asking if anybody would like to take a look at her resume for feedback and everything. And so I took a look at her resume and there was a link to her website on it. So I looked at her website and there was a picture of her with Dean Cundy at the previous year's master class. Nice. So it was like, ah, I was one year off from meeting Dean Cundy. Oh. Um, which, I mean, when, when you've shot, like, The Thing, the first three Halloween movies, The Fog, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future Trilogy, Jurassic Park, Apollo 13, some of the greatest movies ever made. Oh, truly. and you, and you forgot about Jack and Jill. Oh, how can you miss that? I don't think he likes to talk about that. <laughs> Look... <laughs> You're you're only as good as the best thing you've ever done. Yeah. Which, when you look at Dean Cundy, what have you shot, Mark? Not not anything okay. that's that important. All right. It's just fun to bring up. Which is funny because that would probably be his response. Yeah. What the, what the <laughs> fuck are you? <laughs> what the fuck have you shot, asshole? <laughs> the um, uh, <laughs> you know what? Sometimes a paycheck is a paycheck. The um, uh, you know, so it is what it is. What it is. What it is. Um, I'd also like to meet Walter Hill. You guys know who that is? No. Um, He directed The Warriors, but his Ah. connection to horror is he was really the major player behind the scenes for the first three Alien movies. Nice. And getting those made. Uh, He was also one of the developers of the Tales from the Crypt TV series, along with Robert Zemeckis, Richard Donner, and a few others. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm going to add two more to my list uh, real quick. And, and one of them has unfortunately passed away, and the other one is, is still alive. Um, and Zach knows exactly. I was going to say, if I had a time machine, machine I would say West Craven. It would be absolutely West Craven. Um, and then, um, for obvious reasons, I can go into the countless reasons why I would want to meet that dude. Um, and the other person would be, because I am a huge Scream fan, is, is Kevin Williamson. Um, who was a screenwriter for uh, Scream 1, 2, and 3. Um, I w- but I would have mostly wanted to talk to him about Scream 1. And then just, you know, he basically um, came up with this idea watching, um, you know, a, a documentary series about the Gainesville Ripper. And he called a friend um, uh, to calm him down because he was home alone at night. And then and they ended up talking about fucking horror movies. <laughs> and, like, they literally came up with the line, you know, what's your favorite uh, scary movie that night? He wrote the first 15 minutes with Drew Barrymore that night, and then he and he finished house sitting for a friend because that's what he was doing. And he ran out to the uh, ran out to the desert in Palm Springs, locked himself in a fucking hotel room, 
and banged out the screenplay for Scary Movie, uh, aka then the uh, Scream and everything else in a fucking weekend. Like that's I think I don't. How do you did? How did you do that? Like besides being desperate for money, um, uh, you know which I understand, but uh, but like how did you get into the mindset and see it that clearly to bang it out in one fucking weekend? Uh, like with only I think like only one rewrite, that was it. Like you know to to do that to to accomplish a screenplay that is that good in that short amount of time, I would definitely want to chat with him about that shit. So. Um, and I'm gonna add one more as well, Joe Dante. Gremlins, Gremlins Two, Matinee, The Howling, Piranha. No, Joe, we're not giving you fucking concrete to fill in the building. It's not happening. Uh, That's where I draw the line. He also has the trailers from Hell YouTube channel, which is awesome. And he even has a podcast of his own, The Movies That Made Us, where he interviews different people about the movies that inspired them. Nice. Nice. Interesting. The Ron Perlman episode was interesting. The Uva Bull episode was also very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he co-hosts that with uh, Josh Olson, who's probably most famous for writing the screenplay for History of Violence. I guess if I had to add anybody else, it would be Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller. Just, just put them in a room and say, you're not leaving until you settle this damn lawsuit so we can get more Friday the 13th content. Thank you. Click. We're never going to hear the end of this until they fix their shit, right? Nope. This is the reason why I'm... Hey, that's the reason why I was never going to get a Pantera movie. Is because fucking uh, Vinny and, and, and him could never fucking figure it out. Because they're pissed at each other. And now Vinny's dead. And uh, we ain't getting shit. The, um, uh, so, so if you, if I have to suffer for not getting a Pantera reunion, you have to suffer for not getting a fucking Friday the 13th. No, fuck that. We're one movie away from a 13th Friday the 13th movie. Yo, dog, I got your 13 with your 13 with your 13. I need one more Friday the 13th movie, then that's fine. You could end it there. I need one more. On the 13th. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. June 13th, 2022, I think is the next one. Yeah, they have time to work it out. Oh yeah, you have plenty of time to work it out, make it happen. Yeah, dude, I, I think I think we'll solve. You know, and this is another reason why you don't let your the rights to your property just get split off into a bunch of different directions and shit like that. Just <sighs> yeah, this is a perfect example about why contracts are important, um, uh, and actually yeah. proper contracts are important. But yeah, but yeah, no, 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 filling, filling, and Vinnie Paul. And and no no two writers of Friday the Thirteenth for you. No sir. writer and director. Writer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Always something. To end this on a good note, I'm very happy with how our one debt flashback weekend went. Oh, absolutely. We met a lot of great people. Um, I wish we could have gone all three days. I do too. Yes, we all do. Um, but we'll, we'll get that next year though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We, and we've met a lot of great people. I got none of the creeps autographed. I got pictures with them. Um, and it was fun. That yeah, was it, it really it was, was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. The um, that's that's I think that's it, man. That's all I got. Um, that's it too. The, um, uh, so as always, please uh, um, like, share, subscribe, um, share it to your uh, your brothers, sisters, aunt, uh, uncles, aunts, best friends, neighbors. We always appreciate you there. Um, then uh, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Living Nightmares Official. Nice. And then uh, stay tuned for all the wonderful uh, horror movie news and horror film news and all things horror right here. See you later, guys. Bye. Thrill us. You just had to do it, didn't you? I had to. I'll, I'll accept it.